0: Off top, do you know that South Africa is one of five countries with multiple capital cities? Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Yep, we're in New York, family trip to New York. And we have a special guest in the background being silly that's my son Declan. all right get back to your legos buddy now the world has seen you (laughs) what's up charlie how are you i'm good i'm good this
1: is going to be the best podcast ever for for the podcast listeners go to the beginning of this youtube episode
0: because this is excellent (laughs) you will you will get um a unique uh dominique fox show experience we're in a hotel room in new york with my family uh, there might be a barber popping in here at some point. I might get a shape up mid podcast and you are getting cameos from the kids and my wife eventually. But the wife is not unexpected. She is the star of the Monday podcast. All right, Charlie. So you. Tuesday, Tuesday podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The Tuesday podcast, the Monday recording. She's yelling from the background. Okay, Charlie. So um, you got a lot of heavy lifting to do today because I am partially stressed, but having a good time.
1: Fantastic. I got you on this. We had a wonderful three-day sports binge. Football, non-American football, more American football. And you know what? I, I want us to sit on our perch above the rest of the sports media industrial complex and both mock the tropes but also sink into them because secretly we know that's what we want to do. So we're going to start with a game called Comeback or collapse, because we have to judge these things. We're going to be on the nose about it, but we, there were so many comebacks comebacks, and collapses in this week, and I want us to decide, are we going to give credit, or are we going to call these team frauds and give them blame? Right, um, let's do it. We have to start with the big one. This one's quick, but we have to start with it, and that's your man's... <laughs> Beautiful eyes, beautiful eyelashes,
0: Jeff Saturday. No,
1: no, no. Because the big one, the big one. If there are tears coming off those eyelashes. Oh, hold on.
0: Stop, 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 stop. The big one is the World Cup. Like, was that? I guess that was. Oh, a, we'll I get mean, there. Okay. All right. I didn't know that you had it all planned out for me. All right. You're talking about old blue eyes.
1: Yeah. My guy. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, Argentina blew a 2-0 lead. But Jeff Saturday and the Colts were up 33-0 on the Vikings. The Colts lost 39-36. And there are a couple questions. Do we want to talk about this as a comeback or a collapse? And my second question, I refuse to do it, but do we have to continue to pretend that the Vikings are a real
0: decent football team because they came back from 33 to nothing? First of all, again, YouTube, if you're not on the YouTube right now, you're missing out on Charlie's poise under pressure, just locked in and finished that question despite what was happening behind. <laughs> but anyway, uh the question. There were a lot of questions. So first of all, it's absolutely a collapse. But, however, it was also a comeback. But my guy just so uh, being critical of being critical of Jeff, I think is fair, but you have to be like complimentary of him also, because they got the 33 to nothing lead to start with. Right. This you know, is, This is great mental gymnastics. <laughs> you don't like my spin zone? No, I love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, so midway through that game, you had to be thinking, wow, they sure did get this higher. Right. Right. I mean, that's what they're up. 33 to zero. Right. Well, they've lost seven of eight. Uh... So, yeah, but I, they're a bad, a bad enough. Okay, so this is this is my bias creeping in. I'm glad you're here to save the people from my bias uh um analysis. But I was really proud of them and I was happy for them. And then I was really disappointed because they're all gonna go down in history. Matt Ryan, Jeff Saturday, and this Colts team are gonna go down in history as the worst possible team. I mean the the biggest comeback ever. Or the I'm sorry, the biggest uh collapse ever. And I mean, there's no defending it. So I think that I'm going to send Jeff a, a text that says that our friendship is dissolved until he redeems himself because I can't be associated with such a putrid performance.
1: And we should like, I don't want to give give much credit to the Vikings because I, you know, their point differential in the season is plus two. I don't think they're a very good team. They're going to somehow end up with 12 or 13 wins and no one's going to take them seriously. And they shouldn't. But it's worth putting the Vikings didn't score until there's eight minutes and 22 seconds left in the third quarter. Um, Then they had scored the Colts 39 to 6, and Kirk Cousins caught fire. He had 417 yards after halftime. (laughs) That's more than any NFL quarterback in the last 45 years. So there is a tiny bit of this where I do want to at least acknowledge someone who – we don't think is that good and the team we don't think is that is that serious did play exceptionally against your man Jeff in the second half.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've done it a bunch of times. They've been exceptional a number of times throughout the course of the season. That comeback against the Bills, like uh, Jefferson was exceptional. They have exceptional talent. Um, Dalvin Cook was outstanding in this game that long run. Like, I'm not surprised that they can make plays, particularly offensively, especially when Christian Derishaw is healthy. Um, and he was not healthy for all of this game, <laughs> yeah, but um, that offense is really good. The problem has been for me, at least, is the consistency of Kirk Cousins and also the consistency of that defense. And the defense, um, I was watching a lot of their tape going into this game and it like skewed my perception on every other defense that I watched. Cause I thought that I watched the Vikings defense and then I watched the uh, Patriots defense and I was like, Oh, Patriots must be the best defense in the history of professional football. Cause the Vikings D was so bad, like there's such major issues with all of the important players on that team and all the important units. So I, I mean, we didn't learn much from this game. It's a little bit disappointing. I think. Yeah. Uh, I hope that this, I don't think it will, but, again, it's my personal bias is like, I hope Jeff is still going to be in the running for the job. I hope that this doesn't like hang over him such that it um, tanks the rest of his career as a coach, because I think he loves it. And I think he has the potential to be good at
1: it. I mean, worst case you have great thing to make fun of him about when he's back on first take in a couple of years. Um, Back on first take. You think I waited to make fun of him? Get on, get up. Oh, Oh,
0: Oh, Oh, forget that. The texts were flying. He was on the flight home taking these jokes um so i i asked this to barnwell last night and i
1: i want to know your opinion on this how far do the vikings have to get for you to like sort to of be like hand up they don't suck because for me it was oh. them holding the lombardi trophy I was, yeah that, that's
0: it yeah i mean i was still like I, I think that they don't suck i'm fine with it with saying that they don't suck but how far they have to get for me to be like they're a good team it's a lot like the Bengals last year they gotta win it. <laughs> they gotta yeah. win it. And like the Bengals this year, we talked about the Bengals are better this year than they were last year. You and I both agreed on that before they went on this recent run. But last year they weren't good. <laughs> like they got they got hot. Like those. It's the same. Does anybody look back on those um Giants Super Bowls and think that those teams were good? Like we all are. Like hey, they got hot. They had an amazing defensive line, and they got hot at the right time. So yeah, it's gonna. It doesn't matter. It's not gonna degrade the value of their Super Bowl if should they win it. But if they do win it, I that they're gonna have Ooh. to hold the Lombardi for me to be like, yeah, they're a good football team. Uh,
1: send tweets to Dominic Foxworth about this. But if the Vikings do, uh, win the Super Bowl, I will do something very embarrassing on camera of the <laughs> listeners slash viewers choosing. So send all of those tweets to at Foxworth twenty four on Twitter, and we will figure out a punishment because they suck. You won't say it, I will. They
0: suck. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get in on that on, with you. We, we you might have to. Cut your beautiful curls, or something yes. like that. <laughs> very very all right. sad. Uh, all right, that's actually a
1: good segue to the Bengals. So the Bucks were rolling against the Bengals and ended up losing by ten. um This was about turnovers. It was also about you know the game turning with the Bengals' offense becoming much more efficient. Was this a comeback by the Red Hot Bengals
0: or a collapse by the Bucks? To you, uh, Bucks collapse. Like, I, I don't know, the Bucks have been on a perpetual collapse since they won the Super Bowl, and it's been even uglier this year. Like, they just talk about, like, it's unfair. We need better adjectives, I think, for or more descriptive adjectives, because I was about to use all the same bland ones that we use to talk about the Vikings, and they aren't the Vikings. It's so much sadder. <laughs> and maybe they are the Vikings, but the Vikings have gotten lucky at the end of a lot of games and gotten some wins but it just looks so much sadder. And it's possibly also just because we know a lot of those names and we respect them, you know, like they have pro bowl guys. They have all pro guys. They have the greatest quarterback that ever played football. And yet they still are getting asses handed to them on a weekly basis. So yeah, I think you have to go with collapse, but that team is so famous and yet so uninteresting. Yeah, (laughs) It's amazing to me. Like, i feel bad we spent too much time talking about the bucks and and not how special it feels like the Bengals are starting to become and what it's going to look like in that division like i'm starting to believe not starting to believe i do believe that they're going to win that division and have a home playoff game and be a legitimate threat to make it all the way to the super bowl particularly looking at how the other nfc or afc teams look and the Bengals have the patriots next week the bills and the ravens so if they could knock off the bills they would have beaten the two biggest like competitors and it's not unreasonable. They definitely can beat the bills given how the bills have been playing lately and how they've been playing lately. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: I mean, crazy thing about this, this Bengals team right now, if the playoffs to start it to be a three, seven matchup against the chargers. And that would be a banger seeing that, <laughs> uh seeing Burrow and Herbert in the first round. Um, But I do, I, I agree with you. The turnovers, the back-to-back turnovers in their own end is a killer and not something you usually see with Tom Brady teams. Uh, we'll we'll get to the Patriots, but it was like honestly, it was like long distance flirtation between Brady and Belichick of who who can collapse worse. I'll raise yeah. you on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I was about to say I agree with you. Obviously, in history, it's not something we're used to seeing with Tom Brady, but this team has been so bad. this season i'm not surprised by anything disappointing that they do he's just so good at
1: controlling leads like it's 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 unique in that way but i do want to talk about jamar chase for a second because this is someone who we, we thought going into this year the comparisons were flying like burrow and chase is this the next jerry rice and joe montana type thing and burrow had a really bad start to the year then jamar chase got injured and you have had the same hip injury that he did and he managed to come back somehow in six weeks with a hip socket fracture and a torn hip labrum. And are you taking shots at me? No, I'm just saying, you know how, how much it sucks to come back and just do this instantly. Like he did it without, without surgery. And he honestly, when he, he completely changes the Bengals offense. And I think he's so special with the ball that I put him in the tier with Justin Jefferson and Tyree Hill, and I think that's the tier. And I know he had he only caught seven of his thirteen targets in this game. He only had sixty yards. He had a touchdown. He had pass interferences. He dominated the game in the red zone. And that offense just looks completely different when you have someone who I I don't know is one of the ten best offensive guys in the NFL who's back on the field and is now underappreciated.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
0: Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Barbershop just opened in, in case you hear the buzzing. I know I warned you of it. You're welcome. Uh, take you truly into the shop. We're having a barbershop conversation now. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you before and after of since he um, crashed one. We'll see what he looks like once it's done. Uh, all right. So. Jamar Chase and what tier of receiver he's in, like he's in the top tier. Obviously, I'm surprised you left uh, Stephon Diggs out, but I guess you're talking specifically about yards after catch type of.
1: Yeah, catch. I was talking about, yeah, you know, yak guys, ball with ball in their hand guys, because obviously you've got uh, Diggs, Devontae, and honestly, I know he's hurt, but
0: Cooper Cup is probably at the tail end of that tier too. And I, I mean, I like C.D. Lamb in that conversation. Also, he's turned into something special. He's a yards after catch guy. It's turned into something a little bit more special so far this year. I know we're going to get to the Cowboys eventually, but yeah, the the um the talent that that team has on the offensive side of the ball is like it all stems. We saw when they took Chase out, they still were able to win some games. They lost to the Browns, I think. But it all is surrounding him. The most interesting thing about this team is the kind of spin it forward conversation I want to have about them, and maybe this is too far forward, because I do think they're Super Bowl contenders, is what happens after he leaves? Or do they ever let him leave? Because I'm looking at that similar to um, what we had with Mahomes and Hill. And I'm really impressed with the way that the Chiefs offense, though it's not, I know the numbers suggest it's just as good as it ever was. A good old eye test tells me that that's BS. <laughs> Um and their game against the Texans might uh, have you agreeing with me. I don't know. I just feel like this offense is so dependent on his unique ability, which I might be getting ahead of myself because Joe Burrow is a pretty special player and he's, made, he's had success. What do you think? I feel like I'm working through an idea right now that's not fully fleshed out and it's going to end up being a bad take.
1: I think that I'm actually more interested with what they're going to do with t higgins next year than jamar chase because i think they'll try and keep jamar chase as as long as possible but t higgins is on the third year of a four-year deal and he was a second round pick so his contract's ridiculous he's making you know 1.4 million dollars this year and 1.75 million dollars next year and on a lot of teams he'd be a number one and he's he's not jamar chase freak athlete top tier number two receiver in that weird tier of like one B hybrid guys who chases out and he is able to fill in and get some help them uh, be a special offense and get some wins. But I think that's the guy who's going to demand a massive contract. And they're going to be like, we know the Bengals have been cheap in the past. That's the guy I look at and they're like, maybe they'll let this guy walk. And I think that'd be a huge mistake. Because if you have two of them,
0: that's yeah, I think they kind of have to let him walk though, because it's you. I feel you. If you have two of them, they're going to have to pay the offensive line uh mm-hmm. they're gonna have to make some tough decisions i think the idea of even proposing that they would let chase walk is like ridiculous so i blame that on the this special episode my <laughs> mind my mind went crazy for a no, second no. because
1: tyreek tyreek changed everything you have the best receiver in the nfl and like you tyreek and Devonte, got traded this year and those were
0: one in two in anyone's rankings but the point is the team is going to have to change at some point and their their like super bowl window this initial this initial um burrow on a rookie deal super bowl window is going to close soon they're going to have to pay burrow they're going to have to pay chase I, I assume that higgins is they're going to let higgins walk at some point and have to continue to remake the team they've done a good job on defense without like a bunch of big name guys but i think that's harder to do perpetually because if you are consistently good somebody's going to demand and deserve that money so how they remake that considering that they don't have the same track record as we that we see in andy reid as like perpetually putting together a competitive team all the way back to the eagles like from quarterback to quarterback from style to style that would be concerning for me in the long term if i'm Bengals fans but i guess just enjoy while you have it because they have been (laughs) one of the more disappointing franchises in the history of the sport so they shouldn't be looking too far ahead just go and win the super bowl now because it's their chance and they do have a chance this year, like a legitimate chance. It's being
1: somewhat underrated because of how good the really top teams are, but they've been as good as anyone over the last eight weeks. Um, so we saw receivers go for picks in the past draft. And you have to imagine that he's going to go somewhere between Marquise Brown and AJ Brown for picks. Like is he, if the Bengals can this offseason going into the last year, of that deal, and they don't think they can resign him. Would
0: you try and trade him for a first round pick at the draft? Cause that's actually pretty interesting. Like, yeah, the like they did for AJ and yeah. um or I guess the the Ravens are the best example because they did it for a player that I don't even think um in Hollywood yeah. it's in Hollywood for uh, for a first round pick and I didn't think he was that valuable but I guess cuz I was going to say that I don't think T Higgins is worth a first rounder considering how many great receivers come into the league consistently, you know, like through first and second round. I'm not sure if I'm a team that has a a high enough first round pick. Or has a second round pick. I'm not sure i trade for T. Higgins. And I guess it's not fair because it's not a 100% success rate. But, I mean, just this year alone, just this year alone, we just dropped some, like, true number ones into the league. uh, And it seems to be, like, year after year, it seems to be happening. So if they could do that, I think that'd be a reasonable thing to do. But I I wouldn't be happy if I was on the receiving end of that trade because you also have to pay him. True number one money, which I don't think T. Higgins is.
1: Well, the crazy thing is, I think that like, a lot of those deals have worked out for both teams. Obviously, the Tiger Kill worked out. Tiger Kill deal worked out for the Dolphins, but also, even though the Raiders aren't winning, Devontae's been incredible. AJ Brown has completely changed uh, the Eagles, and like all of these guys, like we. Do you want to go all the way back, like Hollywood? Roy, Hollywood. I don't know the Hollywood. That, yeah, that, that didn't work for either team. <laughs> that didn't work <laughs> for project. either team. But also, part of that is, I think we didn't think Hollywood was that good. He's not in that same tier of player. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as T Higgins, um, yeah. or at least not as special athletically. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to the Cowboys because right. this, Oh no, sorry, let's move on to the bills. We'll get to the Cowboys in a second. Cause this game was actually, I thought one of the most fun games to watch over the weekend. And the bills were down. They, they were up and they were down. They were down 28 or 29, 21 and came back to win 32, 29 against the
0: dolphins. Was this a comeback or a collapse? definitely a comeback and also i feel like the big winner in this game was the miami dolphins even though they lost yeah i agree <laughs> yeah, I, like take? I, yeah that, I, I beat you to be to the take so maybe it's not as interesting to take as i thought but like the question the big question surrounding them was can they play in inclement conditions and they showed that they can compete their offense didn't do much after it actually started snowing but uh the snow is a, a rarity i think in games and that was the big question, like, are they still the same team? Forget the weather. They had some decent weather games that they struggled in offensively recently, and they were able to produce. And we saw the Penguin doing the waddle in the snow, which was outstanding. And we saw them be competitive and seem unaffected by the conditions and also compete with one of the better teams of football. So it seemed like they showed that they are not a fluke. They fought back, created turnovers, made plays. Um the big issue that they had was like putting the game away when they had the lead and they created that fumble and they got held to a field goal. I felt like that's when they lost. And, and then they couldn't score after that. They couldn't put up any more points. I thought, so the Jalen
1: Waddle, like ding, 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 he's been a ghost for the last few weeks with that fibula injury, which I'd, it's an oddly specific terminology. So I have no idea what's wrong with his lower leg, but there was something that's injured. And obviously he hurt that at Alabama. So I was worried that was going to linger for the rest of the year, but having him be the second fast guy and having him be out there is crazy. And you know what I thought about this game from Tua? This was the regression from the regression. Like we thought maybe he was going to turn into the pumpkin. He was uh, last season, you know, in a different offense. But I think we're realizing he's going to be somewhere in between. Like he's not going to be the statistically perfect quarterback we saw earlier this season, but he's also not going to be bad. He's just pretty good. And when the rest of the team is out there, that makes a huge difference. It's a huge difference. As we as we mentioned with the Bengals, having two, a 1A, a 1 and a 1B is,
0: is huge. My mind is still blown with their speed. And seeing him just run away from people in the secondary who have angles is incredible. That's something that you can't. Coach for, you can't scheme for, and it's always going to make this team scary as long as they have the time and the accuracy getting the ball to either of those guys in space. It's impossible.
1: Quick hitter, one thing on Josh Allen. Um, did he sort of regain your trust? I know he never lost it, but he played better this week than he has since he hurt his elbow. Um,
0: I know there was the fumble, but he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, the fumble, that, that stuff happens. It's just about the, for me at least, it's about that running floor. Mm -hmm. that josh allen has is he some of the biggest plays in this game were made by him running the ball i think he had like a like a 30 or 40 yard run he dove over the top for that two-point conversion like that uniqueness is is really i know we want to talk about his arm strength and all the arm talent it's all impressive but he's also mastered that uh that world cup flop too I feel like I've seen oh, yeah. him run through so many people, and then he knows just how to take the charge on the sideline to draw that penalty flag. That's another skill that he's added. But, yeah, he never lost my trust. But it's because I – I don't know. Like, I, I've accepted that the good comes with the bad with him. And and also the good is so much better than the bad. There are going to be some times where he holds on to, to it too long and fumbles the ball like he did this week. And there's going to be some times when he throws it the wrong person but for every one time he does that it's like three or four where he does something that maybe one other quarterback two other quarterbacks in the league can do so you got that guy you got a chance he was yeah I
1: mean this was the game where he played like he did earlier in the season where the mistakes are so mitigated by the the star plays where it's like I can actually see again why I was like you know he's on he's in that tier alone with Mahomes because he was right there again this week um all right next one Cowboys against the Jags. The Cowboys blew a 17-point lead and lost on a pick six against the Jags, who are now a legitimate threat to win the AFC
0: South. Comeback or collapse? That's a collapse. I mean, uh, the Jags play... I mean, Trevor Lawrence is... Showing the value that we all anticipate he had, he'd have when he got here. It seems like this is another indictment on Urban Meyer because this team is actually good. That quarterback actually like has special traits and can be top of the league. So I think it comes down to a true collapse because I know you want me to talk bad about Dak's interceptions. Uh, no,
1: no, no, no. I, I mean, it's I think a defense. What's well, it's also, it's fine to say that Dak needs to not make mistakes in high leverage situations to not let the, the defense has been really good all year
0: down in the playoffs. Like we know that. But the defense hasn't been really good recently. <laughs> yeah. That was the problem to me and deck. Uh, the interception to end the game was a, a well-thrown ball. It was a risky pass that shouldn't have been thrown, but it, you've seen all those freeze frames. I imagine where it's like mm-hmm. right there, on Brown's chest, it seems like, and he's just falling awkwardly and tips it up in the air. That feels fluky. The earlier one, again, he's getting hit while he threw, but it's unnecessary risk that he's taking in that spot. Yeah. But it feels like because he's a quarterback of the Cowboys, that's where the attention is going to go. And because he's thrown a lot of interceptions recently, that's where the attention is going to go. And
1: they're a team that's built to hold leads, in theory.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the problem is he gave them the lead. And it's not like the offense was inept or collapse the turnovers are a problem pick sixes can't happen even if it's a bad throw i mean even if it's a a poor catch but it feels like we're going to spend a lot of attention and maybe i'm anticipating what i'm going to be reading and watching on tv is like it's going to be that criticism when he deserves some but to me it seems like there's the defense is the team like that's what we were saying like they're going to be great because of this defense where were you he gave you the lead you supposed to rush to pass on michael parsons yeah what are we doing
1: I also will say that as the Eagles keep winning, like the Eagles ended up getting that one over the Bears, that the Cowboys are also in an interesting situation where it doesn't really matter that much. Like they're going to be locked into the five seed. So these last few regular season games, assuming they don't totally blow it, aren't going to matter that much for them. Like they're already in playoff preparation mode. So taking extra, Dak taking extra risks is like less bothersome for me. They don't really have, other than the Eagles game, which you think is just more for a statement or, you know, morale, they don't really have important games down the stretch. Um, I want to ask you about Trevor Lawrence though, because this has been something that's been fascinating to me because he was supposed to be the next John Elway or Peyton Manning or whatever. And then he got urbaned last year. Um, And he's a top 10 quarterback in, in, in hiding. Like if he'd been nurtured with a competent situation last year and had a number one receiver this year, we'd be talking about him. I honestly believe this. Uh, like the other elite young quarterbacks, like Burrow and Herbert and Jalen Hurts. He might not be on the Burrow level of someone who you're like really sure can when you a Super Bowl. But like the other guys, out unbelievable physical traits. He's getting better and better. He's, he's got the, the Jalen Hurts thing where it's like he seems to be getting better and better as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's showing all the abilities, no arguing that he can't do it. The question is, how much help does he need? And there are different tiers, I think, of of like quarterback help if that makes sense there are some quarterbacks that need a entirely perfect situation to take you to a super bowl and there are some who need less perfect situation who can get sacked nine times and still win a playoff game uh i think that he's getting better is a good point and we forget that sometimes as we want to like have a defined opinion of a guy immediately he's he's getting better as he goes along and i do think that we're not sure where he's gonna land could he reach uh josh allen levels or mahomes levels or burrow levels i think so like i think he's right now in the herbert arena where it's like we see all the traits but we haven't seen you in the highest leverage situations because you haven't gotten there yet but we'll we'll see like he hasn't he's not as good as herbert but or not yet at least but he's shown all the ability to do all that stuff i'd be excited if i was one of thirteen Jags fans, I'd be really excited uh, for what we had down there. Not only in in the quarterback, but in the mascot. He's And this my is favorite. this is fifteen total touchdowns, two total
1: turnovers over the last six games. Um, and they have a legitimate ch- chance to win the AFC South. And like that dude, um, you know, I, th- I think I think like you're right. He might not be Josh Allen or Herbert, but we were. Myself included, really down on him mid-season when they had that when the Jaguars had that big losing streak. Like I think it was it was very common to say you know Justin Fields with the bullet should have been the first pick in that draft. And now I just I genuinely don't I don't think that. And that's it's really interesting. Um, I mean to be fair, Trevor Lawrence same age as as Killian Mbappe. So if he's not the best player in the world now, I mean bum bum. We can agree. (laughs) Mbappe
0: is the man. Yeah. So I, I I think I. Am I being prisoner of the moment if I say that I I would take uh, Lawrence over Fields if I had to take one for the next fifteen years? No, no, no. I think that's like he's
1: so much more complete right now, um, and I, I honestly think you know Fields is one of the most incredible athletes we've ever
0: seen play quarterback. Like I don't that play like, don't... he had that he stepped out of bounds, so they ruined it. But anyway, yeah. it, it was just. Like, is it what I talk about this every now and then? It seems like it happens more often is where it looks like high school football, mm-hmm. you know, where there's like, oh, that guy's special. It, it's so rare to have that happen in NFL, where like, but it happens so much more often now because Josh Allen does it. Uh, Lamar does it less than he used to, but he still does it sometimes. And Justin Fields does it. And I don't know if that's the end of the list. I guess Tyreek Hill sometimes just looks like, oh, let's see that birth certificate. <laughs> You're not supposed to have this type of fast twitch at this age. So I was
1: going to say Daniel Jones sneaky doesn't
0: Oh <laughs> no, no I've never asked for Daniel Jones birth certificate Ugh, they want they they want a stinker
1: You see him running and you're like oh he's actually running away from
2: defensive back it's
1: very <laughs> bizarre <laughs>
0: Sign up for a $1
2: per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
1: Let, let's move on to a game that I don't, there's, there's no comeback here because it was tied. But I, I need to ask you about. Oh, Patriots. it's a collapse. Collapse. It had to be. That final play, uh, we should talk about this. They did the rugby play. And uh, Jacoby Myers threw it back to Chandler Jones, who's now in the Raiders, who stiff-armed Mac Jones through the crust of the earth and then ran the ball in for a touchdown, which is probably the dumbest play I've ever seen. But from the perspective of this,
0: what what's going on? You walk back down the tunnel. Who's fighting? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody's fighting because I think that it's just all sad. It's all sad. They they strike me as a nice-guys team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some teams like... The Ravens team that I was on was like, we're going to fight through this. we like, we mm-hmm. love each other, but like, we're going to fight through it. Uh, the the Falcons team that I was on was different. It was kind of like, we just like, it was kind of quiet when things went went wrong. And you wait for the um, special teams coach, which is normally the guy who was a fireist, to, to light us up. And then we would figure out what to do from there. Um, and did you see the Jacoby Myers sound afterwards it's like that? I know you make fun of me for being no. like empathetic for players, but I wanted to cry. He seemed like such a nice guy. He's just trying and it. it this is about Belichick to me is. Yes. Like this is, we got to stop giving him passes. Cause it's like, it was a mess up on the punt. It's like a lot of bad things. And could it you. Happens every week with that team now. Could you. Um, so like when I was with the Ravens, it was like understood that Ed had ed and ray had established some stuff that they brought from miami if you get a turnover it's okay to pitch the ball it's like expected we're trying to score and i think that's like uh, a vestige of when they had no offense whatsoever they're like if we don't score then this team ain't gonna score so like Mm -hmm. they had that culture was already set when harbaugh got there he tried to change it and they wouldn't let him and when i got there i was like all right this is something that we do but that's why i'm talking about the patriots like It's understood the Patriots culture is very old school football. It's risk averse. Patriots football ain't ain't pitching the ball. And when Stevenson pitched it back to Myers, I was like, what team is this? That's even before Myers throws it back across the field. It just didn't make sense to me. And
1: they're in that situation because they said afterwards they didn't think Mac Jones can throw the ball 55 yards. Which is stupid and not true. I can throw the ball 55 yards. I, I was about to say, like, good high school quarterbacks can throw. Like, that's not the crazy Hail Mary. like And, uh-huh. and before I, I sound prisoner of, like, a, oh, I could do this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a good high school quarterback can throw a real Hail Mary 55 yards into the end zone. The other part, you're blaming you're Belichick. I literally, you're right. And I think we're about to give out the first award in the history of the Dominique Foxworth podcast. Uh, I'm going to give it a tiny little drum roll. Matt Patricia has just won the urban Meyer award for the co- coach. That is so bad. There's not going to be a single defender of him. And it's Belichick's fault for making him the offensive coordinator. Cause he's his pencil behind the ear friend. But we believed in Mac Jones last year when he had Josh McDaniels, we thought he was better in his draft position. We thought this is a spunky team. And then we're like, Oh, how bad can it be to have a coordinator under Bill Belichick? He's got to be able to do something good. No, Matt Patricia is atrocious And I think the trophy, we have two options for the trophy. Is it's either going to be be a trophy is going to be Urban Meyer in brass on the back of a golf cart eating Papa John's, or it's just going to be uh, a hand reaching towards a butt.
0: Uh, I got to go with the hand. Or it could be a foot for kicking your kicker.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of options for the (laughs) Urban Meyer Memorial Trophy. And congratulations. Are we going co-winners, Belichick and Patricia? Or do you want to give it to Belichick?
0: I mean, I guess Belichick has some credentials that should suggest that we should give him the benefit of the doubt. But to me, it feels like Matt Patricia is uh, is just the label on the on the bottle, and the bottle is full of Bill Belichick, and Matt Patricia has little to no say so and what's going on. But I don't know. Who knows whose fault it is. They can share it. We can have co-winners for the first for the first year. It's amazing.
1: And by the way congratulations matt patricia because you snatched victory from the jaws of defeat here this award was all but locked up by by nathaniel hackett like six <laughs> weeks ago but you put out a special performance
0: so cheers to you matt patricia oh man you came through clutch in today's episode i appreciate it world cup talk do we have time yeah. for a little workout talk or did we do five minutes of world cup american football all right Kylian mbappe is insane the end. I'm happy for Messi, but he's never gonna surpass Maradona or Pele. The end. I honestly,
1: I the one thing I'm I would say is like I I really think sports are often a zero-sum game when you have players that great because it's like there has to be a winner and loser. Someone's legacy is gonna get dinged to build someone else up with Messi. Mm-hmm. Uh not not the case for Mbappe. Like France is missing in Golakante, Paul Pogba and Kareem Benzema. They made it to the World Cup final. He had the greatest showing from a striker imaginable. And his pathway to being the greatest of all time, while we just anointed that to Messi, that is still open, and that's awesome. Like, I care more about international football because of what Mbappe did in that game.
0: Mm, Yeah, and also, how does PSG not win everything every year? Like, (laughs) it's uh, baffling. They got all this talent, including the two stars of the finals teams, and they can't even win the French League. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mbappe already has the World Cup under his belt. Was he 19 when he won it?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and was the best the best striker at least? I don't know if he was the best player, but the best striker on that team at 19. I remember watching that World Cup, having those same thoughts. Uh, check somebody's birth certificate because of the speed. It's not yeah. even in control, which he seems to have now. Like that volley out of the air in that. Oh moment, my God! So much power. Just, oh, whew, it was intense. But yeah, you're right. Since he already has one in the pocket, he he did nothing but scored three goals at the end of uh, World Cup final. Like. He and, cemented any more, even more his legacy and, and Messi the same because he won. But again, the thing that's gotten me about this whole Messi conversation is I understand there was an empty spot in the in the trophy yeah. case and now he's filled it. But I'm not Argentinian, obviously. But it seems to me that there's nothing Messi can do to pass Maradona and getting a World Cup. Like they still think of him as like Spanish. Mm-hmm. Getting a World Cup is nice for him to have, but I don't know that it changes the way anybody feels or thinks about him.
1: So you know, I would have thought that if that was the case, if it wasn't for the last two games, when he played at such an insane level and the highlight passes and the control of the game were so spectacular, um, he was unbelievable on the, on the international That's stage. And I do think that matters. And he ended up, you know, he's going to end up with double digit world cup goals. Um, when he hadn't scored after the knockout round ever coming into this world cup and the way he did it it's not always just what you do it's how you do it and like that there will be memories for argentinian fans forever about messi and my man
0: the, the trolley goalie emmy martinez oh yeah i was trying to explain this to my kids when we we're watching the game that like he's he's a dancer and he's a trash talker and penalties and he's a fun guy and even though i think as a family we we're pulling for france like i was like "But well, we gotta we gotta enjoy this guy and you, he was yeah. dancing
1: <laughs> Declan is going to be doing the, the, Emmy Martinez shoulder shimmy at his next flag football game. I guarantee you know, it.
0: He's playing basketball and, and futsal now like the indoor soccer. Ooh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. He's, he's going to be doing some of that Martinez moves, but all right. Appreciate it. Charlie now time for everybody's favorite Fox earth. I hope who knows if we can pull this off too. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good. Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for everybody's favorite Foxworth or Foxworths. Apparently, we are in a hotel in New York, as you might already know. And the whole family is joining for this special episode. Oh, Roses you. and Thorns. That's Avery, Hi. the biggest, Emerson, the smallest. And Decky, you guys already met him. There he is off to the left. Everyone's in our beautiful Christmas sweaters. Yes. So that's my rose, everybody. And then I'm going to hand it over to the kids. My rose is that I bought Dominique, stand up a little bit so they can see you, this cute Christmas sweater. Because you're not stand- high Hell enough. Look, yeah. we met. Ah, I bought him the male version of it after last Christmas. And then I kept finding it in the bottom of things and i'm just so happy that he's wearing it so there's my rose but i told the kids because again i don't love doing roses and thorns that they could come up with roses and thorns okay so emerson we don't need to introduce our kids any further because i think if you're watching you got a good idea of everybody's personality already yep she her ipad background is literally i'm allergic to humans okay that's enough all right emmy your turn buddy that's enough mommy said that she told you you a a rose and a thorn did you come up with one for daddy No. No. Not yet. Not yet. My oldest youngest. My rose is that my dad is calm and watches movies with me. And my thorn is that he never smiles. He's smiling now, but he usually doesn't smile. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. All right. Thank you. Jeff, do you have one? Jeff, you can't play music, okay? No, no, no. According to my extensive research, how the heck in the Incredibles movie did Mrs.
1: Incredible... Redheaded and Mr. Incredible blonde have a child
0: with black hair. Okay. Someone cheated. Okay, all right, we'll get to the bottom. Mother, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Amy, do you have a rose in the thorn? That's my extensive research. My rose is she's gonna try to do something similar to Declan does because that's what she does.
1: Can you just have a rose in a thorn? My rose is that daddy's is my dad. Nice phone is that he never is that phone in the <laughs> gotcha. okay. Good
0: All righty. <laughs> well, that was that. Thank you, you guys Rosa for phone? joining us. I gave my rose. It was like you're wearing a Christmas sweater. Yep. It's going to be an abbreviated episode this because be- as you can see, we're in New York and we need to get out and have some fun because we've been cooped up in this hotel for too long. Yeah. But this is Especially- a matching Christmas episode. sweater, Especially I for me. everybody so much. This is so great. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, Adi, you know, Adi, you thank you you. We got to say Wait, thank you to the what? producers, buddy. Yeah, Wait, this has to I end. This has to end. All right. Let me thank the producers and then you can do a fun fact afterwards because it'll be much easier to edit out. Christina Bustle, you're the best. Edit out? No, I said we turn it up. Sarah Abbott, you're amazing. Addie Khan thank you so oh, much. No. Charlie, <laughs> oh. you're fantastic. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. Pray, Pray for us. Fun fact. Right, Pray for us. Fun fact. That This guy right here is practically just a slightly less handsome mirror to me. Nice. That's slightly? Slightly? That was kind. It's only slightly less. You guys are amazing kids. Mm. Love you. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.